Oh, I've got a good, I've actually thought of a good intro. Okay, go. Um, welcome, fans of the bike and the bean. This is Auntie <laughs> <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that your auntie? Was that your auntie? Was that your auntie? Anybody want coffee? I'll make the coffee. That caught me by surprise. <laughs> Let's keep it though. Let's keep it. With me, right. Todd Whiteford. And I am Tony Lee Bad Intro Johnson. And here we are, it's anti-coffee, the sun is shining, what a day to get out on the bike. And we've just, well, Tony, you tell the fans, what have we just been up to? We've just had a quick blast from, well, I came out to Kilmacomb to visit you, and then we had a quick blast uh, into Loch Winnock. And a back again, fast which blast. was very quick. And you did get the Loch Winnock village sign by a fair old distance. I didn't know where it was, to be fair. Local knowledge... Home turf advantage. Uh, I was also on Mark's Pinarello for one last time. So, yeah. I mean, I think even when the legs started to go, you're not going to catch me on that tiny wee bike. So aero. Yeah, pretty nice. Uh, yeah, it's nice. Oh, just so nice to see other cyclists out. What do you think? What are your takeaways on uh, the level of couture that is happening right now? Mid-March, right. first sunny day. Thoughts? I mean, we saw a lot of legs. And a lot of shaved legs. People have been ready for a while. And I think we are a little bit behind on the old shaving. We're going to have to get that done soon, aren't we? There were a lot of very slick looking legs. People have been obviously on the turbo over the winter, working on the calf work. Every day is a leg day, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. And then there was still some long sleeve jerseys. You had your short sleeve on today. I was digging that. Um, I I like to try and get the the tan lines in as soon as is reasonably possible. So yeah, shorts, shorts and shorts. But also, I, I I mean, there was a lot of high vis, which I'm not personally huge fan of, especially when it's a nice day. Are you not a fan of yeah. high vis? No, not at all. Uh, personal choice, personal choice, but yeah, no, yeah. it's not for me. But yeah, also just, just I, I mean, you could feel actually the atmosphere of uh, bubbling potential, couldn't you? Of, hey, we're going to get 10 weeks of this. <laughs> I don't know. If yeah, that, but. yeah. We went for a little coffee as well in up the junction. It was called. No, it was junction. just called the junction. But I was I was thinking it was up the junction, like that song. We had a little it americano was... from the junction, which was yeah, was delicious. A little bit of sugar. If in doubt, just get an americano. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> yeah. that's the that's the motto, isn't it? But no, it turned out okay for us. Um, a wee fast blast. Pretty much that route is downhill for fifteen k. So. Uh, yeah, it was pretty nice, and yeah, we were clipping along. Um, but yeah, okay, I guess so. It's good to have like some some heavy cycling chat because our guest this week is actually a heavy hitter in the world of coffee. Big so hit. just to 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 achieve the balance that we desire, and um, good to front load the episode with all all the cycling chat. Um, so I thought what we might do, Tony, is have a little uh, cycling quiz. Oh, that's a surprise. <laughs> He said, unsurprised. <laughs> okay, so ba- like basically my th- feelings, my thinking on it is that we 
basically what we tend to do is just talk about cycling and cyclists are usually very candid, usually very interesting to hear from them. So I'm calling it the, the CQC, the Cycling Quotes Challenge. And I'm going to give you some quotes and you're just going to tell me who said it. Uh, shall we say you get three opportunities? You can ask me three yes or no questions to try and narrow it down. I'll slam in some intense music behind to give it a bit of drama. <laughs> okay, Tony, are you ready for the CQC? I'm ready. Okay, quote number one. I need to be on a bike, mentally as much as physically. If you don't enjoy something, you can't keep at it. That's the thing that sticks with me. Ooh, interesting. Uh, can I ask my first question? Yeah, go on. Are they a current professional cyclist? Yes. I think I'm going to have a stab. I think I'm just going to go for it. Go on. Is it Tom Dumoulin? Um, no, it was actually Cav. Mark Cavendish. Oh, Manx Missile. Yeah, the second best cyclist from the Isle of Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because you see that. Which... Yeah, Becky, let's give Becky another shout out. Becky, yeah. congrats. A victory. You, are you noticing one, a pattern one. that it is literally, you come on this podcast, then you win a, then you win a race. You do the math. Just saying, if anyone else wants to get on the podcast now, while we still got all the the good energy, then yeah, it's like the, it's like the it's like a wee lucky charm, isn't it? But no, serious congratulations, like uh, TT victory when you're on the TT and looking good for the the overall. Yeah. Okay, uh, ready for question number two? Ready for question number two? Who said this? I won! I won! I don't have to go to school anymore. <laughs> I think. That sounds a bit more old school. Like, no one would say that now. So they're, they're not a current pro, are they? No. Um, I've got a feeling there could be a could be a Scottish cyclist. I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with David Miller. Mm, no. You're oh. wrong, son. Oh, no, it, was, it was Eddie. Oh, the old Eddie Merckx. He also said, don't ride upgrades, ride upgrades. But I will be riding upgrades. <laughs> yeah. Nice, but don't agree with you, Eddie. Uh, okay, question number three. You should get this. I may be in timeout forever, but I hope not to be. Oh, I know who that is. That's your big boy, Lance. A hero of mine, king among king amongst men, Lance. Love you, Lance. Uh, okay, uh, number four. Eyes on the forest, not on the trees. Now that sounds like I'm gonna go. Sounds very northwest European. Uh, uh, philosophy mm, go on so I reckon it's someone they sound big and strong probably look like a tree I'm gonna say it's our favourite tree MVP and actually you would be correct have you did you know that Did you, have you read that somewhere or yeah it, it does sound like very like I don't know that, that sort of area of the world they're quite into their name well, yeah yeah I don't know I hadn't heard that before no he but is like a guess. tree though isn't he he is a big tree his legs are big trees. Uh, okay, you should get this one. This should be a piece of cake for you. Ready? Yeah. Who said this? Don't stand on my dog. I'll cut your head off. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best cycling quote of all time, isn't it? Yeah. That's uh, that's our boy, Cadell Evans. Yeah, or as my phone has auto-corrected to, Camel Evans. <laughs> Filling up his little humps with... Uh, 
I don't know. Negative, dog chat. Ah, energy. ne touche pas, ne touche pas. What a classic moment. And, uh, okay, right, so let's see. You've got three correct. You've got two wrong. And there's one more to go. So you basically, you've, you've won, but you could lose it here. Uh, so who said this? Which cyclist said this? In the past, I've said some bullshit things to magazines about the link between coffee and cycling, making some <laughs> tedious similes and metaphors. But in reality, the link is what you want to make of it. <laughs> Who said that? That's uh, another three-initialed person, TLJ, <laughs> Tony Lee Johnson. I said Ding, that. ding, 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 ding. Winner. Well done, <laughs> mate. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was from a, an article I dug up. Um, that you did with uh, Jackie Bang. That's because I did I'd previous I did an um, an interview with Cyclist Magazine about coffee previously, and was forced to make up a load of stupid stuff about the relationship between cycling <laughs> and coffee. They were just like, "Yeah, can you just give us a little bit more and just try and make it a little bit like? Can you just build up the link a little bit more?" And they and then they just m- grossly misquoted you. Yeah, <laughs> journalism. Yeah, stick to stick to podcast guys much much more difficult to to alter reality through podcast um but okay let, right well so that's let's let's be honest cycling ticked for the week um <laughs> yeah. let's let's move on to coffee with the reigning coffee master world coffee master agnes sokolovska Roasting is portrayed as something super hip and something so like something glamorous. Yeah, but it's so not. It's so dirty and yeah, it's so hot and sweaty, sweaty and <laughs> yeah. gross and heavy and it's only for certain people. For sure, yeah, who can really pull it off. Yeah, it's true though. But when you're a barista and you just hear that someone's a roaster, you're always like, one day I wish yeah. I w- I'm going to be a roaster. Mm-hmm. And then you get yeah, there. Exactly. <laughs> right? And yeah. like the roasters themselves are portrayed as something. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. <laughs> they make, some goddess. They make the beans brown. Yeah. No, but I guess, you know, the interesting part is profiling. And that's the interesting part. Like trying to understand how it works. Yeah, for sure. Hello. <laughs> this is Todd. <laughs> Hi, Todd. Nice to meet you. And, and yes, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Is that the right way to say your name? I think people say it very differently, where depending where they are or where they come from. Agnes is fine. Agnes, just like that. You know, yeah. that's that's quite a good Scottish name, Agnes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, usually, an old Scottish lady would have that. Well, I think that is that is true. But some of the more forward-thinking older Scottish ladies are actually called Senga, which is Agnes, backwards, as a sort of modern take on... Are you kidding? Not kidding. That is a a true fact. (laughs) Well, that's something to think about. (laughs) It must have been been to do with, at some point, maybe in the 60s or 70s, where there was a lot of people of a certain age called Agnes, and they were like, oh, I want to, like, freshen this up and be a bit more modern. So they're like, Senga. (laughs) Anyway... There's just some random name stuff for you. How are you? <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm a little bit harassed. Apologies for my lateness. 
I was stuck. No, it's fine. Basically, Glasgow is 100% traffic at the moment. But that's why we enjoy the bike so much, because you can, we can just sneak <laughs> through all the traffic. Are you, so you're based in Berlin, is that right? Yeah, yeah. I also bike every day. Do you? It's the best yes. way to get around, isn't it? But yeah, it, it makes you like love it even more with the increased gas prices at the moment. Uh, yeah. So I, I, lo- like, I love it more and more <laughs> every day. Nice. You do you, so you commute from home to work and back again on the bike all the time. Mm-hmm, I do. What, what about you guys? What what what's what's the? Can you tell me a bit about your bike trip? I'm just very yeah. curious. Oh, yeah. What's the what's so the plan? So the the ultimate goal is to cycle from Glasgow to Warsaw and do for the World of mm-hmm. Coffee in June. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like we're sort of classing it as a yeah the longest cafe ride. So in the search for a cup mm-hmm. of coffee, two I think it's mm-hmm. two thousand kilometers. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to try and do that. And in the process of trying to do that, we've got a warm up ride where we're going to go and do the north coast of Scotland in a month's time. And yeah, we're looking for help from anybody who can help us to complete those two goals. Um, so that's mm-hmm. why you've come in as the coffee, the current coffee master, even though maybe only for another couple of weeks, right? It'll be so short. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, and hopefully we're looking for a bit of advice from you on coffee on the go riding your bike Mm -hmm. if you're a bike rider as well how to have fun on the bike that seems to be uh, a good one uh, that everyone all everyone's trying to help us out with and also yeah just to hear a bit about you and your experiences with coffee and share that with the, the listeners yeah, generally mm-hmm. we're we're looking to speak to like people who are inspiring. Who that and in times of trouble on the bike, we will be motivated by thinking. Oh, but remember, Agnes said this thing about coffee, and that will keep us going. So that's really what we're. But we're we're keen to just get to get to know a bit about you. Like I, I want to know what it's like <laughs> to. How has your your reign as coffee master? How how has it been? Has it has it have have things really changed for you in the last twelve months? Or good question. The event itself was insane. I think it's a one time one time experience. You know, like going through it was actually the way to it was already very intense, very um, high demand. <laughs> And then the, the event itself was, I don't know, I feel like I left myself, part of myself on the stage, not in a bad way, but really like it was intense. And afterwards, it was a bit of a blur, <laughs> to be honest. It took me a while to, I think, to recover mentally, mostly, I think. Because um, it seems yeah. that whenever I've watched it, like I've seen it, I don't know if it was like very early stages at London Coffee Festival. And I remember watching the a couple of rounds and just thinking, oh, this is this is what coffee competition should be like you know it was engaging it seemed a lot more fun yeah. to me it's like kind of mm-hmm. the, the, the rock and roll version of the wbc's mm-hmm. like it's a little bit what how shall we say like it's, it's a little bit less stuffy it seems a lot more accessible mm-hmm. but for people maybe mm-hmm. some of our listeners who aren't quite sure what coffee masters is can you give us like a 60 second snapshot of of what the competition entails okay i'm starting the timer now <laughs> okay <laughs> We'll, we'll put some we'll put some intense music behind this, Agnes, just to up the up the levels. So, Coffee Masters is a multidisciplinary uh, competition, uh, and it's different in a way that judges are very involved in the process. So. Uh, for example, when you're making the signature drink, they can come in at any point and ask you to taste an ingredient, or you can do it other way around. You know, it's not 
It's not like WBC where, where you plan out the presentation, where you have everything on point and they're just listening to you. It's more dynamic and more both-sided. They can come in with a question at any time. And so there's a lot of surprises and there's a lot of situations you, that are kind of out of control. So you have to deal with them. Uh, is it a little yeah. bit more like it's more of a like it's, real life assessment of what you are like as a coffee person, right? Whereas where you could be yeah, behind definitely. the bar one Saturday and you're making a couple of coffees and then a customer comes up and asks you, oh, mm -hmm. what, what what can you recommend or something even more yeah. simple like what's uh, where are the bathrooms yeah. or, you know, it, it's that, you think on your feet it, kind of stuff, mm -hmm. isn't it? It feels like uh, like when you're working in a coffee shop and it's a bit it's quite busy, so you don't have so much time. And uh, some coffee professional just walked into the door and is asking you these questions and wanting, you know, to, to engage uh, in a conversation while you're making the drinks and so on. So you have to be on your feet and switch on. Yeah, it's really fun. So it's the chance to finally talk about coffee endlessly and someone is really listening to you yeah. <laughs> and cares about it. So that's is that, the satisfying part. <laughs> does that mean that the best preparation for it is probably working in like behind the bar in a coffee shop rather than tucking away? Or where do, where does your preparation start with such a huge undertaking as the coffee masters? Yeah, definitely working in a behind the bar. Uh, in, um, I'm used to working in a high paced environment, so that definitely helped. Um, just you know, knowing how to get the drinks out as fast as possible helped. It's a, an altogether, in total, it's eight disciplines. One of them is order challenge, where you have to make 10 drinks in, ten, in nine minutes. Really? So, um, what drinks did you get? Yeah, but... It's random, isn't it? They just generate a random it's order. It's random. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's espressos and Americanos as well as uh, cappuccinos and flat whites. And you have to know the right cup, the, the, the right ratio, right this and that. Um, and you have to serve it like it has to be presentable and you have to serve it to the judge or to the person like you would do normally instead of like smashing them out, piling them <laughs> on the counter and being like. <laughs> there know? are probably some places that do serve them like that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's an endurance. You have to endure the intensity of the event, right? Like that yeah. seems like part yeah, of it. Exactly. It's... The final day is very intense. The final day is semi-finals and finals uh, at once. So uh, it's three hours in total on the stage. Yeah. And um, you're all mic'd up. Doesn't matter if you really need to run to the bathroom. You know? <laughs> <laughs> did, did any bad language come out when you were mic'd? I mean, after about 10 minutes of being on mic here, I forget that any bad, bad language will be recorded forever. But did, did, do you have any like... <laughs> Any faux pas, anything that happened that you couldn't take back? No, they turn it off, thank God. You know? <laughs> yeah. They turn it off. They only turn it on, like, for example, when you're slurping, when you're cupping the coffee, and then suddenly you hear yourself going, it's horrible. And surround sound, yeah. That's what everybody wants, isn't yeah. it? So, and do you find yourself getting competitive? Or is it more of like a group, like with your other competitors? Is it kind of a, you're all in it together? Or is there a bit of like... I'm going to win this. It actually depends on the competitors. I did have a couple of people uh, being very focused and in their zone, really going for it. 
And then there are most of the people, though, are really willing to to share the knowledge, work together, help it, help out each other. Same with the community. Uh, um, same with the people who are not uh, competing. It's really amazing. It nice. really felt like everyone is there to help you, and that was an incredible feeling. Really, even like what well, was a quarterfinal or. Actually, it was the final when I was competing against Rusty. His wife or his partner was helping me polish my glasses. Oh, you know? nice. So that's, yeah, all these little things, they're just... That's, yeah. that's like one of the, the, one of the things we found out even in, in the last like wee while of interviewing people for the podcast is like a lot of times the best thing about doing something is often the thing that you didn't expect and a lot of it comes back mm-hmm. to people and like a sense of community and we're going to come back to it, empathy and and sort of mm-hmm. just this idea that actually the whole reason we are here doing this competition mm-hmm. for example in your example is like to find some sort of connection and some sort of like appreciation of a common thing it doesn't surprise me that you you do get that in coffee masters and it also wouldn't surprise me if there's absolutely none of that in WBC did you ever fancy going to going for the WBCs or is not really your thing I've thought about it since it's kind of the well like most well-known competitions right it's I think people think about well I've always thought about it only when I've connected with the people who produce it for example I lived in Vietnam for a while um, uh, I lived with these really really nice people in Coho uh, cooperative with Ronan and Josh, they took me in, in the farm. That was crazy. I was uh, like sleeping with the village kids and chickens were pooping in the, in the room in the morning. And <laughs> uh, like, it was intense. Like this work there was intense. And uh, I really like, I fell in love with the people and with the community. So that's when I thought, okay, maybe I do it. And I, you know, represent their coffee and I show what they've done. And in those times when I have the connection with the product so deeply, kind of, then I think about it. Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> you don't have to decide today, Agnes. That's the good thing is that, um, you know, we, we can come back and speak to you in, you in a few months and maybe maybe you'll be full into your training program. Have you, either of you, ever, like, done any competitions or... Yeah, or... I, I've got a very uh, shaky track record of competitions. Um, I did the one of the heats for the UKBCs and finished a very mm-hmm. average sort of mid-table. Uh, and then the next mm-hmm. year I went back and did it again and I got disqualified. <laughs> so my track record is not really one to be proud of. But I think Tony... Actually, Tony's got, Tony's got some results. Yeah, I came third in the German Barista Championships behind oh, wow. chloe and uh nicole okay so, like no and what sh- was i'm wondering like what's your what was your motivation behind it um, was it the coffee that you found and you wanted to share or was it uh I, I always wonder what's the what's the mission behind it also to do the competition is it is it to promote yourself or to promote the coffee or yeah i think that's a good question i think for me it was just an experience of challenging myself to mm. get up on a stage and present something like I'm I'm not great in under pressure like I'll mm-hmm. I can crack quite easily mm-hmm. <laughs> um so if I'm interrogated at any point like yeah no no problem like two minutes and I'll be done but I think the <laughs> yeah I think for me it was just about yeah the challenge for myself and then getting to know 
um, the technical aspect of, of producing coffee. Like I really enjoy this, these processes and like making mm-hmm. sure that everything's done to a really well point. And it helped me a lot as a barista to figure out like movements. And even now, like that I design some coffee bars. So this helps with like my design plan, the workflow of how things work. And I think all of that stems from the competition arena, even, maybe even more so than working in coffee bars, because we've all worked in coffee bars that are really poorly designed. Mm-hmm. And like you're looking for like you're moving, making way more steps than you need to. Whereas, you know, against the clock, but also looking nice on a stage, sort of like a, mm. um, a sushi master or something like this as well. You know, like there's always this comparison between like trying to get this this uh, aesthetic to it. But yeah, I think that that's was actually a really thing. good point. I agree with that. Like that's what competition gives you afterwards, eh? Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. But now, so apart from being a coffee master, you're also, we were just mentioning before Todd came, you're a roaster, head of education, right? And a junior green bean buyer at Five Elephant in Berlin. Is that right? Um, something like that. I wouldn't yeah. call myself a roaster. I'm more of a... Uh, sack puller and and, <laughs> and and something like this and button turner or whatever. Yeah. I guess a lot of people they they romanticize the idea of like a roaster is just pure craft <laughs> all the time. This is just someone who's having a technical look, <laughs> pulling out the trier. Oh That's yes, it's exactly. But actually, the majority of it is like lifting heavy shit off shelves yeah. and weighing stuff out. It's very tedious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, do you enjoy uh, it? You obviously mm-hmm. someone who absolutely loves coffee, and is that? I am. Uh, I think so. <laughs> when has that always been the case, or is it something that you sort of fell into and then realised that you liked it, or had you always kind of had a an inkling that I that think, was the way you were going to build your career? I think I always liked coffee. My grandma started to give me coffee when I was three years old. Really. <laughs> That's why I'm this weird. <laughs> so she she basically created an addict, and this this uh, coffee genius that we see in front of us is, is merely a product of of addiction. <laughs> exactly. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Also, the fact that I have to go, you know, when I go to work, I have to use the product to make the product. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, don't get high off your own supply, but you must get high off your own supply if you are to keep supplying that supply. (laughs) This should be written in my bio or whatever, this exact sentence. (laughs) Is is your tolerance for caffeine then pretty high? Must be. Maybe compared to some other people, but um, it's different from day to day. Depends how much coffee I had yesterday. If it was too much, then I can't drink much coffee today. You have a rest day and then you have an intense day. Is, is, the, is there, exactly. there a, a big, um, would you say that Latvia has a very strong coffee community or coffee culture? We have a few roasteries in Latvia and I think people are, are into coffee. It's just that we don't have enough people to support this development of the community or, yeah, we just don't have the, the money flowing in it since we don't have as many people in Latvia. Yeah. It's under 2 million, which is nothing. Yeah, it's so yeah. small. You sort of forget that mm. all of their best coffee people end up working in Berlin for Five Elephants. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a great country. It's, uh, would love to live there. But do you, um, do you get back often? You still have family there and 
all that kind of thing? Yeah, I, I try to. Yeah, my family, some friends. Actually, my partner is also living in Latvia, so have to get back sometimes. Yeah, cool. yeah. What's your partner's name? Uh, Matis. Matis. Hello, Matis. Hopefully he's Hello, listening. Matis. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably, yeah, he's probably going <laughs> to... Is, is, is he a big... Are, are they a big uh, coffee person as well? Or do you have to kind of bring them along, show them some good stuff? I had to show him some good stuff. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's really funny. He got like... I, I, show, I did a cupping once in Latvia. Um, and he was there and he got really hooked on the idea that you have to wait four minutes to to stir the coffee. So he has even an ABBA song that is four minutes long that he puts on <laughs> while, the, while the coffee is, you know, still intact. And oh, then genius. he stirs it. What's the song? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious to find that. Yeah. Dancing Queen. Oh, please, be, please be Dancing Queen. Deleted <laughs> it from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you but you didn't fancy competing this year in coffee masters is just kind of a thing of you've won it what more can you do give somebody else a chance or yeah i was like i'm not going to that stage again <laughs> <laughs> been there done that i did it got the trophy no. <laughs> okay so you've descended down from the the everest heights of uh coffee masters champion like what's your just your day-to-day morning coffee routine it's so funny. I don't feel like it at all, you know? <laughs> we, we we literally only talk to champions on this podcast. Yeah. Champions only, Agnes, on this show. <laughs> yeah, so so morning routine, what's your go-to? Or do you even bother? Do you just go straight to work and just get something from mm. there? Yeah, I'm not really good at making coffee at home, to be honest. Yeah. It, and I, I can't share my way of making coffee with, with coffee pros because it's too basic. <laughs> so i'll tell you i'll tell you mine and then that might give you some confidence <laughs> because basically what i do is with my, with my eyes half shut i just do a simple french press i'm half asleep i do 20 grams too advanced already <laughs> you spoon going by the spoon or the cup yeah i just grind some coffee i put it in a cup and put oh, water really? on top it. It. nice oh so <laughs> you're going like no filter just cupping soviet style yeah nice this is how we drink coffee at home is it yeah. you know this is it like i only started to drink filter like drip whatever like i don't know a few years ago or i don't know six seven years ago when i got into specialty coffee and i found out what it really is and so on and oh people use something like a filter to make their coffee and yeah. i think i should do that as well <laughs> and then i did that for a while and I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> you, you don't fancy uh, just getting hooked on the Vietnamese style uh, with a condensed milk. I could. Yeah, I did. Actually, it's a really, it's an interesting drink. It's not your everyday coffee, but the intense intensity of the bitterness and intensity of sweetness, it's insane. You know, like I know why people are getting hooked on that. I yes. can tell by your hand movements that you're tasting it right now. Like yeah. when, it, when, it, when you do this, this means you're tasting something from the memory. <laughs> I feel like I would be absolutely terrified to learn how to make that properly. Because I know just the way that I'm wired, I know that I would be a two a day Vietnamese style only. <laughs> terrible for my health, probably terrible for my blood pressure. And so, yeah, good job. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this, yeah, yeah. That brings us on. Actually, I'd written down as one of my questions I wanted to ask you because we're doing like... We're going to be cycling and carrying everything with us. So we've got bags with all of our stuff in. <clears throat> so we need to take some coffee stuff with us. Now, I was going to mm -hmm. ask you, like, when you go on holiday or if you're away from home, how would you make your coffee? But I'm guessing 
if you're mm. not taking filters and you're pretty much doing coffee and water, that's it. It's pretty simple. But this is not what you expect from a coffee person to, <laughs> no, to tell you. Definitely. So I'm sorry, but I'm just, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm not really a true coffee person. I'm just a... But I think, <laughs> I think you're onto something because... There is an element of like we've also had it with some of our guests where the expectation is like, okay, this this award winning cyclist will be really, really serious about every aspect of cycling Mm. and in their own downtime, they'll still be really serious Mm. about it. But actually, it's not the case because a lot of it comes down to play and simplicity. So I just I just think that, you know, when you reach some point in like perfecting something or like being really uptight about something, you know, like. No, you have to have the scale at home. No, you have to have the right everything, you know. Like after doing competitions or after working in a high-paced environment and doing it so much and every day, you know, it's you just, um, maybe you just use good grinder and good water. You know, you use your sense. You even develop this uh, skill to know by the eye how much of the coffee you're using. You don't need to weigh it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Totally. It's the same when you're learning to make coffee in a very basic coffee class. Like, look at the espresso shot. Like, and you know when you're pulling it, when it starts to uh, change the color in particular way, then you know it's ready and so on. And you're using like you know like the visual, the the taste afterwards and so on. And and you learn how the coffee is extracting and how it's gonna be like and without all the tools. Yeah. I guess after doing it over and over and over, you just kind of want to take it more easy and put the tools away and just do it yeah. and it's... not think about the process so much. Just think about the coffee and mm. have a moment and maybe not even think about the coffee so much. You just want to drink a cup of coffee yeah. like any normal person. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, how it goes like full circle almost. Like you go on this full journey from... Like when I started in coffee, that's all we'd do. We'd watch the blonding of the shot and see it waving and you'd be, okay, this Mm -hmm. is probably where I should stop it. And then you go all through this whole cycle of trying to perfect something using every single tool possible. Some of them, which are probably useless, let's be honest, in the coffee industry, (laughs) like just gadgets. And then you come back around and you find a way of being like, okay, I know from all of that experience and that whole journey, a little bit more about this simple aspect of pulling a shot right now from just looking at it again and yeah yeah like you said i'm not saying it's not important i think like scale and consist like consistency is what it's what is important in a coffee shop and you know in that kind of set setting but in your daily life if if you want to create the perfect recipe and be consistent and so on by all means i think it's great but it's just not what i like to do every day you know, because I am doing it every day. Yeah, sure. I just, when I have it at home, I just like something simple. So do you, do you pretty much just wake up, have a quick coffee and then get on your bike and head to work? Is that how it yeah. works in the morning? What, yeah, exactly. What bike are you riding? Is it a, would we call it a fancy bike? Is it a sturdy, a sturdy steed? It's a, I can go outside and show you. <laughs> give us a, it's, give us a description. I, it's, um, hmm. It's a solid workhorse. Nice. <laughs> Love it. It's a really good bike, actually. It, it, it's, it has like the built-in light. I can change the gears. It has a, like a booth on the back where I can put my bike bag. Perfect. It's a good bike. It's what, a practical, what? a practical <laughs> bike. 
I, I used to ride pixies actually Did you? when I was yeah. younger. Right. I used to live in New Zealand. I lived there for a couple of years and I had my fixie and I was the only person in the whole area who had a fixed gear <laughs> bike. And that was absolutely stupid because it's like this yeah. mountains, a mountain. So I know why I was the only one, yeah. but I enjoyed it anyway. <laughs> so you must be and, pretty good at, um, you must be quite good at skids then if you had a fixie bike and um, presumably i did i did i did i did do that <laughs> i did get injured quite a bit oh, yeah. but <laughs> have you had what's your what's your worst crash i uh, just like a bruise here there nothing too serious no broken really. bones no broken bones no thank god touch wood no yeah. the woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 i actually yeah I just bought a bike helmet, so good idea. It's a uh, people are not looking at six a.m. Mm. at all, especially yeah. if they've not had their coffee. And, They're barely awake. So. Yeah. What about you guys? Are you scared of any anything like this during your trip? Or I think it's always it's always a possibility, but I think we're out again. Like we're out there to have fun. Like we're mm. we're more fun cyclists than fast cyclists. Let's say. Okay. Speak so. for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, for, for me, like, I, I, I think I know that if I fell off, as long as the bike was still working, that would bother me much less than if the bike just broke down. Mm. So, like, I, I was out for a ride on Sunday there, and just on my way home, I had maybe, like, four or five kilometers to go, and I had a, basically something wrong with the back cog, so it just wasn't working, and that really gets in my head. It really annoys me, and it just, it just kind of ruins the ride. So... I would rather mm. actually have just fallen off and then picked the bike up and been like, it's working perfectly <laughs> and then carry on. So yeah, if if you if I had to prioritize them, let's say I'd rather crash than have a mechanical. Um, well, Tony's not happy to hear that he's <laughs> yeah. going on a trip with exactly. you. Exactly, <laughs> I'll take a first aid kit with me. It's also because I'm, not, yeah, I'm not very good at fixing, I'm not very good at fixing bikes, so... Tony, really, here you go again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tony is actually my mechanic, my spiritual guide... Uh, my trainer he's he's your first do- aids man <laughs> he's all that I, I don't really know what i'm adding to the party but yeah. <laughs> humor humor well <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing yeah will you be in uh at the world of coffee in warsaw will you go in june um not sure um i think warsaw is really crazy at the moment uh i went to poznan this weekend last weekend I met my friends and uh, one of them, um, she was planning to move back to Warsaw actually. And um, she can't because it's overcrowded with the refugees from Ukraine. And it's very intense in all the Eastern countries at the moment. We see more more refugees here in Berlin as well. And um, the war has really kind of affected the thinking and, and just cannot plan for so far away in a way. You know what I'm saying? And I really don't feel like going to Warsaw at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to believe that we're sitting here two years after a p- pandemic changed the world completely. And mm. we're, we're this, currently the pandemic is not the worst thing that's happening in the world. That is a crazy mm. thought that now it's been superseded by something even worse. I think it's, mm. it's even yeah. worse. Yeah, yeah um, this is, it's been a big thing for us as like we've had this trip planned for like a good while and the development of things in ukraine and the impact on the surrounding countries and the rest of europe as well has definitely made our whole perspective of this trip change 
like dramatically along the way. Mm-hmm. And it, it continues to change and changes our idea of what we want to get out of the trip as well. You know, like going through these countries previously for us would have been like, nice, we're going to go on a long bike ride, absorb some culture, uh, mm. talk with people along the way, try and visit coffee places. And you have to like, we're, we're having to rethink this whole project in accordance with how things are changing on a daily basis as well, right? Like it's it's changing so much every single day. Mm. And like we are at the one of the most Western points of Europe here. Yeah, I think it's it's a very different experience for us sat in Glasgow as it would be for you in Berlin or for someone in Warsaw or someone in uh, Kiev right now. Like I think everyone's mm. experiencing like very different things. Mm. Um, yeah, it's true. And everyone is thinking about it differently depending where you're from and what you've been learning and, and seeing. And, and it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Like I think we're the three of us are all feeling the same thing. It's such a, a, a head fuck, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess, you know, like we can donate and we can, you know, help in some ways. But mm-hmm. at the same time, we just have to live our lives in the present mm-hmm. that we have now. And but yeah, as I said, it's just hard, a bit hard to plan for the future. Yeah, and uh, sure. obviously, hopefully it will happen and, and everything. But it just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think like. It feels weird to plan nice things. Yeah, that's the thing. for sure. That's it. And I think we have yeah. to be very careful about as things progress and as the our destination city, if it is under more pressure with uh, trying to look after all the displaced people, then yeah, we, we need to be thinking a little bit more or, or being a bit less like, oh, it's just fun to go to Warsaw because for some people it's not fun mm. it's actually a necessity of life and life and death so yeah like i guess yeah. it's but no it, it would be a good reality check for you guys as well mm. like really even going to poznan for me was a reality check because you know in the east i think people feel it more intense than in the west for sure because we've been in you know in ussr and the younger generations knows you know how it was and all the stories and all the all the lessons in school and and from your parents and grandparents and so on and like all the soviet leftovers and everything you know like this big no you know inside of you and and uh, really we really feel that it also could happen to us you know although all the political sides and so on so on uh, but still it's so close to latvia it's so close to poland in Poland, there is so, and in the, all the Eastern countries now, there are so many refugees. And, you know, when you see all of this and you feel all the energy and you talk to people and just all the big, all the small things, it really like, you really have, you get a reality check. Mm-hmm. And in Berlin, I can't see it, you know, I can't see it so much. And uh, I, I talked to some friends a week ago um, and they're German, they're from Berlin and um one of the girls, she actually visited me a few years ago in Latvia and Riga. And she said, she told me that the first thing she thought about was me and my family when she heard about the war. You know, it was the first time she, because when she was back in Riga with me, um, there was something going on with Russia at that moment. Don't remember what it was, but it was some situation. And, um, and she said that, and I don't remember this, but she said at this point, uh, this time we were saying something negative, you know, about all of it and and about like Russia and Latvia and so on. And 
she said then she didn't understand it and now she understands it mm. like in a way but she cannot understand it fully you know and yeah she just said that she and they and the west cannot comprehend which makes sense and but yeah <laughs> so hard isn't it i think like, yeah, I mean, like you say it as well agnes like part of it part of it is experiential like if you're not feeling it or seeing it around you then you're less likely to be involved whereas if you like you say you your trip recently made it very aware in your in your mind through being there and seeing it with your own eyes compared to hearing news and i think seeing it through anything through a screen is almost like even having this conversation right now we're seeing you through a screen, whereas if we we're face to face, there'd still be more, you know, like it's very different in this mm. experience between people and seeing things. And I think this gap, as much information mm. as we can absorb through social media and um, new media and all of this other mm. thing, it's still not the same as being there or speaking with someone who's had an experience there as well. If there's a rising tide of uh, Ukrainian refugees coming to Britain, then... If we are willing to host families and make sure that we can uh, accommodate Ukrainian people, then hopefully the story and the sharing becomes a lot more real and can then bring the tide up of help coming from the UK over there because it's, it's, that's how people, as you say, that's how, kind of how people will absorb the information and take it to heart rather than, yeah, you see it on the news, scroll, scroll, scroll. Mm. There's a desensitized that's the wrong thing but desensitization almost to yeah. we uh, have we have a, a baker just around the corner from us yuri who's um from ukraine and he put on a, mm. a bake sale last weekend and glasgow's very good for responding like more so than any other city i've lived in in the uk is very good for responding to calls for help and mm-hmm. um the turnout was amazing. Like I get goosebumps now, like just talking mm. about it because those sort of things make me feel really, yeah, like, yeah, there's not all hope is lost and we can do something even if, and more so in numbers together as well. But yeah, the future is very uncertain. But what we do know is that you have another two weeks as the coffee master before your title, no. <laughs> before your title is, or your crown is taken away. But, Oh, it's been a good year though, right? Surely. Yeah, it wasn't even a full year, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, right, because it was later last year. Um, <laughs> Didn't get to enjoy the year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who, who would you like to see take the crown this year? If it's not going to be you, who, who's your kind of favourite? Who would you think? Oh, I'd be happy if, if they took over the throne. I like a lot of those people, if not all of them. Who would you not want to see take the throne? <laughs> 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 you tell us off here yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, ju- we'll just insert a name in, in yeah. your in there <laughs> cool um what yeah you- that person yeah <laughs> uh what have you got on for the rest of your evening tonight yeah well i don't know i have to figure it out there's still some daylight out there you know gotta write my back home nice <laughs>
we go. So that was Agnes. Awesome. Really enjoyed that. Any big takeaways? I'll tell you my top favourite things about Agnes. One, she was very forgiving of me being late. <laughs> Two, she was very forgiving of me trying to put some extra je ne sais quoi on her name. You know, I come in there saying, Agnese! And then she's like, no, no, Agnes is fine. Enjoyed that. I also thought she was just like super chilled out. Very, very like easy going. I don't know. I think we spoke to her for uh, for about an hour. It just seemed to fly in. It was really, really good. You did Uno Reversa with the old, whole name situation by flipping it around and saying... Singer. Singer, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm hoping to see next year that she has changed, reversed her name. <laughs> was inspired. So speaking to one of the top coffee people in the world right now, and just how down to earth they are about coffee, which really like resonates with my own attitudes to it. So Definitely. yeah, yeah, absolutely loved it. What about you, man? Yeah, I liked how she, um, similar similar sort of thread, that we, like a narrative that we're getting across all of the podcasts of people who've been to the top, gone through the whole journey processes to get there, but still haven't forgotten about like the root, the core fun of where everything started. Like the fact that she says mm -hmm. that she still makes coffee at home without a filter most of the time. It's just something quite, here comes the pun, grounding about that. Boom. <laughs> Count it. Yeah. It is that though, isn't it? Like, again, it's like, you know, we speak to the pro cyclists and they're like, yeah, just don't forget that it's like, it's about play. It's about fun. Definitely. And yeah, there seems to be actually no difference with the pro coffee people who are like, you know, don't forget that this is a fairly simple drink that millions, if not billions of people enjoy. Let's not get too up on arses about it. So I'm here for that. Yeah, I did pull out a good point of being like, if you need to, you know, there is a place for all of this, this technical aspect for it. And same in cycling as well, isn't it? Like we can't forget that FTP or some scales, like all of these numbers are important in getting to the best like end goal that you want. Mm -hmm. It's just important to have remember the the core element of fun whilst doing that. And I think yeah. if we can stay to that principle with our journey that we're going to do, then we'll be we'll be laughing. Definitely, an unexpected takeaway that was inevitably going to come into the podcast at some point, given the state of the world, was like the um, you know we naturally fall onto the topic of the invasion of the Ukraine and um, what that means for, yeah, I guess, obviously people of Ukraine, but also people in the neighbouring in neighbouring countries. Of course, Poland shares a border with Ukraine and our destination is the biggest city in Poland, a city that is really under pressure just now with uh, an influx of um, refugees needing help. So it is... It's sort of thrown it right into the front of our brains. Even we were just chatting on the ride there, like, hasn't it? It's sort of made us rethink, like, a, what do you call it? Like, an, not an arbitrary goal, but, you know, you set a goal in, you know, sometime in January, you think this is a great idea. And then things change. And if you don't take care to reassess what you're doing, you could end up doing something really, really stupid. Like, for example, traveling ostensibly for fun for a jolly on bikes to a city that is under pressure um, taking up space potentially accommodation um, that could be used by people who need it a lot more than we do so we yeah we're having a think about that aren't we yeah definitely 
And I mean, in the meantime, there's a lot of people who are doing good to try and help in any way they can. Uh, one of those guys is Lackey Morton, who's doing a, a big cycle from, or at this point, probably when we release this, has done a big cycle from Munich um, to the border of U the Polish-Ukraine border in order to raise money for uh, the Ukraine Crisis Relief Fund. Um, so probably go over, just if you Google Lachlan Morton, it should come up. I'm pretty sure that there's some information on Rafa's website as well as EF Education First and Global Giving, which is, I think is the platform that he's using to raise funds. So go over to there, have yeah. a look, and if you feel like you can contribute towards towards fundraising, then go and do that. And he's he's such a, you know, as someone who has a platform to shine light on something, like in terms of the cycling community, he is the guy, isn't he? Like he's he's so just like a humble guy himself. But I'm I'm amazed that you know just willing to put his body through pain and suffering to shine a light on that cause. Yeah. So rest rest assured, we're we're having a think about it and. If we need to, if we need to change our goal, we will obviously, and uh, if in changing the goal we can still do something to to help out, whether it's fundraising or something else, we'll definitely do that. Um, we'd also love to hear opinions about it too. So if you want to get in touch with us, then feel free uh, email us podcast at anti coffee or Instagram us at anti coffee coffee. Or if you see us out riding around the streets of Inverclyde, challenge us to a village sign match-up, a showdown, and see if you can hang with a big mouse and a little mouse. <laughs> Just wanted to say another big thanks to Agnes for coming on. Um, big thanks to you as well, Todd, for, for beating me into uh, Loch... Loch Karen? No, what's it called? Loch Winnick. What have you, have you what, anything on for this week? A couple of rides, Todd. You're heading up to the Isle of Mull, aren't you? A couple of rides, yeah. Mull next week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, with um, with a third of the Croque Monsieur. Uh, we're just having a sort of boys boys catch up and a couple of uh, a Giro de Mull. I'm calling it marvelous. Bit of a training camp. Get some. It's quite hilly. Quite hilly, yeah. There's a couple of iconic climbs to get done and a couple of iconic pints of Guinness to drink afterwards. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. Lovely. What about you, man? Uh, I've got quite a busy week, actually, um, socially. So I'm just going to try and fit rides in where I can. It might just be a lot of going around in circles at the Belladrome. Yeah. But just have to see what I can fit in. Definitely a big ride at the weekend. I've got a mate coming up on uh, Thursday. So hopefully he's bringing his bike with him. We can get out and do... I want to get... I'd really like to get a double tonner. A double fondo, yeah. Same. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? It's just now just about piling the miles into the legs. We have, yeah. at this point, what have we got? Four weeks to go until we set off for the NC500. So it's a wee bit, you know, it's in the post. It's coming, it's coming down the tracks pretty fast. So hopefully we can get it done. Yeah, we shall keep going. We shall keep thinking, and um, yeah, we will take care to adjust our goal if we need to. Stay with us. Trust us. We are anti coffee. See you next week, dreamers. I'm sorry. Was that your auntie? Was that your auntie?